I want to tell you, I love you guys. Man, I have missed, I missed not getting to be here each. Man, I'd, I'd be here every day if I could. Man, I love, I love coming and worshiping the Lord with you guys. And, and uh, you know, that's the wonderful thing about love. The Bible says there is no law with, to show love. There is no law against that. Uh, so, so no matter, you know, folks get uptight about legislation, about this or that or anything else. But the one thing that they'll never, I, I, I don't believe that they'll ever create a law against is showing love to people. And, and that's the wonderful thing about it. Jesus loved each and every one of us unconditionally. And so we get a chance to un- love everybody unconditionally as well. And uh, sometimes it's easier said than done. And, and uh, I know I'm not always lovable for you guys, but, but you know, hey. Maybe I get to test some of y'all's faith a little bit. So, but it's good to see everybody. Uh, even if I do have to peer peer at your eyes over a mask, I'll be glad when we get get done with the season. And I'm praying and believing that we will. In the meantime, like I said, we're going to stay safe. So, Tanya, I'm sure that is a Cole Beasley shirt. But let me tell you, my first thought, okay, yeah, Beasley, which I, I love. I agree. We need Beasley back. Bring back the bees. Yes, to play quarterback or anything. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I just have to say this. This has nothing to do with my sermon. But when I looked up from the drums, I'll tell you what my first thought was. And I'm showing my, I was like, Don ah, just got on a Danny White jersey. That's awesome. One of my favorite quarterbacks ever. But uh, I'll, I'll wait. It was probably Cole Beasley. So uh, we do miss the bees. Hey, we're talking more about giving uh, and tithing. And we, we don't talk much about money here at Gathering Church, although I have talked about it quite a bit today. Uh, but really, we, we don't spend a lot of time because, number one, it was by design. Early on, we just didn't want to be one of those kind of churches. Sometimes you go to church, and that's kind of they, they harp on money quite a bit. Uh, we really don't want to necessarily be about that. At the same time, there's an incredible blessing that takes place when you do give, and when you do tithe, and when you are faithful, uh, and you trust God with your finances, there's an incredible blessing. And by blessing, I don't mean that that means that's a guarantee that you're going to live large and and have all kind of bling and all that, all that type of stuff. Uh, so, you know, someone asks, if, so, so if I give to the Lord, that means that I'm going to become rich. No. With the, as soon as he saves your soul, as soon as you've given your heart to the Lord, you are wealthy. Because he promised you in his covenant, he will provide all of your needs according to his, glory, his, his riches and glory. In other words, you'll never have a time in your life that you are lacking something that he won't set up a provision for. That's wealth. That's wealth. No matter what size a house you live in, you'll always have a roof overhead. No matter what, you know, how, how many of you guys, how many, how many of you guys have food in your pantry right now? Hey, that means you have abundance. You didn't just eat today and now you don't have any more food. You have abundance. All of us have a roof over our head, no matter what location we live in. Uh, he's taking care of us. You have an abundance of air to breathe. You are wealthy. We're here. We're healthy, aren't we? Man, you can't buy health. And, and uh, the, Lord, the Lord takes care of us. So, um, but there is, there, is a, there is a blessing that comes with tithing. I want to hit on this really quick because we're going to have somebody join me on stage. Uh, we're going to tag team. This, this is uh, Dave, the Dave and Michael show along with Erica today. We're, uh, Dave, uh, Michael's going to come up here and, and help me preach a little bit today. Um, but, but I do want to lay the foundation. Last week, we started talking about the Bill of Rights for tithers, the tithers' Bill of Rights, that the Lord said, if you'll tithe, these are some things I promise. These are some things I guarantee. 
Uh, so let's get into it. The, the first one was provision. If you remember, there was provision, protection, and promotion. The first one is provision. I want to hit on this today, okay? Let's, let's read from our, our key verse that we started last week. We're going to read over the next several, several weeks. Uh, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, if you do what? If you bring all the tithes in the storehouse, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he goes on to say, try it. It's the one time you can find God saying that in the the old times. He said, hey, try it. Test me. Put it to the test. Try it. If you'll do this, I promise you, I will open the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing. I'm going to take care of you to the point that you have stuff left over. Then he goes on to say, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So of course, here there are three points. uh, The tithers bill of rights is provision. He says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless you in such a way you can't contain it. Okay, an uncontainable blessing. The next is protection. He says, I'm going to guard your wealth, your crops from insects and disease. You ever had one of those months where it just seems like little things just nitpick at your paycheck? And you're like, Man, what, okay, what, what, where did this go? All of a sudden, you got to pay this. Now this. And now, oh, and now i got to pay you know, uh, uh, instrument riddle, uh, uh, and, and, uh, rental. And, and uh, I've got, you know, now i got to pay for my kids' athletic, this and that. And, oh, we got to pay this. You know, it's just insects sometimes, or it just seems like little things eat away at your wealth. He said, now I'm going to protect it from that. Uh, your fruit will ripen to completion. In other words, those things that you've invested in in life, not just monetarily, but, but with your life and your love and your, and your concern, he's going to allow some things to, to ripen to completion. And finally, promotions. Uh, nations will call you blessed and you will be a delight. You'll be delightful. We're going to talk about provision today and how provision is attached to giving, Okay. Uh, We're going to read from 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. We're going to talk about what a a sparing gift is and what a generous gift is. And we all want to be generous givers. Say, oh, look at that. You're already trying to get a lot of money out of me. No, you're going to find something out. This is a wonderful truth, okay? 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously with blessings. Now, I want you to understand what Paul here in the Amplified Version, this is what, this is what he associates with sparing gifts and generous gifts. Notice he did not put a dollar amount on anything. But what he did do is he combined it with an attitude of the heart, didn't he? A sparing gift is one that's given, been given grudgingly, right? But a generous gift is one with the intent to bless someone. If you give generously so that someone can be blessed, you'll be, you'll reap generously and you'll be blessed. If you sow sparingly and grudgingly, you're going to reap sparingly and grudgingly. In other words, in other words, the weight of your gift has to do with the attitude of your heart. You remember last week I kept saying, God's not after your money. He's after your heart. Because if he has your heart, he has everything about you. 
you'll give them whatever you want because you realize nothing I have belongs to me anyway, so it's yours. You know, you can do with it as you want. You just allow me to occupy it. So, so this is what God's saying in essence. So if Howard comes in and he says, look, man, I got $5. That's all I got to give today. But thank you, Lord. Thank you that I have this $5 because I know you'll take it, multiply it and bless it. And here, take it. Thank you, Lord. And if you'll give me more, I'll, I'll bless you with more. Well, what does he do? He has a grateful heart. He has a heart that wants to bless. But if I come in, so he gives a $5 gift and, he, and he's gracious about it and, he, and, he, and he's doing it with a thankful heart and a cheerful heart. I come in with $5,000 and I'm like, you know what? Fine, God, I'm going to give this $5,000. You know what? I hope the church does something good with it because, and I hope they up their, I hope they up their presentation too. And I hope that preacher starts preaching better because man, $5,000, man, this is a whole lot. I ain't getting no $5,000 worth out of my money from that church. I'll tell you what, you know, whatever, whatever, it's a bad mindset. It's a bad attitude. Guess whose gift God's going to honor more? Howard's. Why? Because he gave it with the right heart. God's not worried about the amount. He wants your heart. So if you want to give a generous gift, it has to do with your heart. It's not so much about the amount. Isn't that wild? You remember the widow's might, the story of the widow's might? You had all these big givers coming to the synagogue, dropping in all their, their large donations and their large offerings. And then the widow comes in and she gives a mite, just basically what amounted to a few cents. And Jesus told his disciples, she gave the most out of everybody. Everybody looking down at her like, don't even bother. Why are you just dropping, why are you going to drop a nickel in this offering plate? They ain't going to do a thing. Yet Jesus said she gave, she gave more than everybody else. She gave all she had. In other words, she trusted him so much. She trusted God so much that, Lord, this is all I have to give, but I'm going to give it because I trust you. And you're going to take care of me. He said, man, she outgave everybody in this room. God's not obsessed with the amount of the gift. He wants your heart. So if you want to give generously, it has to do with giving with the right spirit and the right attitude. If you give sparingly, it's because you've got a bad attitude. You can drop a million dollars, but you've got a bad attitude about it. It doesn't matter, right? Look what else he says here, going on to verse 9. Let each one give as he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves which means he takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without. He loves a cheerful, which means joyous, prompt to do it. He loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. That's what God loves. God doesn't get excited by the, the amount you've written out on the check. God gets excited about, about how much you trust him and how excited you are to bless somebody. That's what he gets excited about. And it does come back to you. Remember last week we talked about how he it says it's going to return to you. Give and it's going to be returned to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over with room for more. In other words, when you give with a cheerful heart, when you give because you're excited to bless someone, he's going to return it back to you anyway, but he's going to return it in a way that you're going to be able to be positioned to bless more. That's the key. That's the key. Also notice, remember last week, and I probably made a lot of preachers, if any preachers tuned in to, to, the, to the stream, they probably had a heart attack. Because you remember last week I said, look, if you are not at a place that you are comfortable giving your 10% tithe, 
right? There, there is biblical foundation to give 10% tithe. But if you're not at a place that you can, you can say, I can, I can honor the Lord with 10%, then, then look, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel lesser than. My challenge to you was exactly what Paul said. You remember? I said, hey, figure out what you can give. If it's two bucks, give $2. If it's $5, give $5. Paul said that. He said, look, let everyone purpose in their mind or, or, or just choose in their mind, decide in their mind, and purpose in their heart. Why? Because it's a heart situation. It's a heart circumstance. It's a heart condition. The heart, the Bible says to believe with your heart, not with your mind. So, so make a decision. Hey, this is, what I, this is why I'm good with giving. And then when you give it, he said, look, don't, don't give it sorrowfully or under compulsion or reluctantly. In other words, don't give with a bad attitude and don't give because you feel pressured is what he's saying. Don't give out of compulsion because you feel pressured, but do it with a, with a blessed heart, with a cheerful heart. You know, faith, faith is like climbing out on a limb, you know. When I was a kid, I used to love climbing trees, man. I was a tree climber. Now trees don't want me anywhere near them, right? But, but man, I was a tree climber. And, and if there was a tree to climb, I was up in it, and I would get as high as I could. And there were times, you know, the higher you get, the more the branches sway a little bit. But I would figure out if a branch could hold me. I didn't even care if it swayed. And, and, but I remember if it was a tree I'd never climbed before, I'd, I'd put a little bit of weight on it, test it, put a little bit more weight on it, test it, until eventually I had enough trust in it. Next time I climbed it, man, I'd shimmy right out on that branch. There's no problem. Faith is like that sometimes. And sometimes trusting God for anything, whether it's finances or whether it's for peace or whether it's for health or whatever, sometimes it's like going out on a branch. You have to put a little bit of weight on it, test it, till you get a little trust, test it, get a little trust. And guess what? We have a very patient God. He's not going to beat you down for it. He's going to entice you. Hey, come on out. You're good. Take your time. Come on. Come on. You're going to see pretty soon you're going to trust me. Giving is the same way sometimes. Say, if I, I, I don't know if I can trust them with 10%. Okay, trust them with 1%, 0.5%, whatever it is, test them. That's why he said, test it, try me, see if this won't work. Now look what happens if you give with a cheerful heart, which is, that's a generous gift, a cheerful heart, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. If it's done with a cheerful heart, that's generous. It says this, and God is able to make all grace, which means every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Woo, that's provision. God's going to take care of you big time so that you may always and under all circumstances and in whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I love the way that the NLT uh, just shortens that. It says this, and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. If God blesses you, it's for one reason, so that you can be a blessing for others. That's it. That's the key. That's provision. God said, hey, if you will tithe, if you will be consistent in giving, I promise you this, I'll provide for you big time. I'm gonna protect your wealth. I'll protect what you got. I'll protect what I've given you. And I will promote you you will expand, you will be blessed, you'll be taken care of, you'll be more effective. These are three, I didn't say it, he said it. 
And if he said it, you can trust it. He'll never lie to you. His word is true. So while you are, while God is providing for you guys, and, and all of us are providing to this fellowship, there's some wonderful things that can take place. Just like there's wonderful things that can take place when you're provided for. When, when gathering churches provide it for, there's some wonderful things that can take place. And we're doing our best to be good stewards and to put those funds into good use. And so I'm going to ask Michael to come up and take it from here and share his heart. And he's going to talk about some, some of those things, uh, those provisions, but also what the Lord has revealed to him about uh, uh, being a giver and, and how God can bless you with that. So, all right, you ready? Tag. See, we're I'm in. Tag team. Getting way too much of me today, I know. There we go. So uh, it's funny. I, as I was kind of putting this together, I uh, I started thinking through like all the different paths that had to intersect in order for this moment for this church right now. And uh, you know, first I started with me, just professionally speaking, um, helping. Is that me beeping now? What that is. Uh, helping helping companies uh, and, and organizations figure out growth strategies is something I'm, I'm real excited about. And um, a couple months ago, I, I approached Dave and I said, hey, you know, we're, I kind of see us sort of coasting right now, and I totally understand that. Um, what can I do to help sort of give a vision for the for the next vi- uh, level of this church? And and he was like, hey, go for it. You know, put something together and let's, and let's talk with, uh, to the board about it and all that good stuff. Um, and... So that's what I'm prepared to present to you today is just some ideas I have on the growth of the church and how we can get there. But personally, I wouldn't even be standing up here if it wasn't for Aaron, who talked to David a couple of years ago and somehow had this conversation about a band getting started. And man, it had been a long time since I played. As a matter of fact, true story, the, I went out and bought my first bass that I owned two weeks before I stood up here in front of you guys. So, and I'm sure there, there's no question that that was the case. Um, but I played guitar for a long time. I actually went to music school for a year before I, I moved in, in, into business and technology. I got sucked up into the dot-com boom, and uh, obviously that, that has turned out pretty well. Um, but the, this kind of connection I had with music and spirituality is just something that had been missing in my life. And so having the opportunity to be up here is honestly has probably given me more than it's given you guys over the last two years. And we wouldn't even be in this neighborhood if it wasn't for us looking for houses one weekend and we kind of stumbled upon this neighborhood and right at the beginning, we've been here for what, like eight years now? Uh, one of, we were one of the first people to move in and if we hadn't stumbled on this neighborhood at that time, we'd never heard of Viridian. Uh, we heard of the flooding that happened here every year and when, they told me, when someone told me they, they were putting a house here, I was like, uh-uh, we're not going to live there. Um, obviously that's turned out well. And you know, I wouldn't be in music today if it wasn't for my mom who would refuse to let me quit piano when I was growing up. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my mom who decided to escape Iran in the 20, uh, when she was 21, 22 years old and come to this country without speaking a lick of English. Uh, so all these moments and all these things that have happened for me personally for this church all kind of coming together, that's what gets me excited. It's, and, it, and it really helps with, you know, just for me personally, my spirituality and, and kind of understanding that there is a purpose and there's a bigger picture which is why I have so much confidence in what I'm going to talk to you about today. So we'll get started. Um, I want to start with a little scripture. So I used the Google to find some inspiration, and um, I stumbled upon this. I thought this was great. So this is Romans 12. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, I was searching for scripture about change and about accepting change, and 
I, first I read that, I was like, whoa, that's not quite what I was looking for. But then I kept reading, I was like, all right, I get it. So this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that trans, being transformed by the renewing of your mind is, is something that's so much, it's, it's, that can be a whole topic on its own, right? But when you look at sort of what this church has gone through and, and in order to get here and where we're going to go, um, the people are the church. And, and I think that's the big thing that we all need to kind of think about here is that this church is going to grow or move as fast as we want it to. And that's the reality of it. Um, and so this kind of renewing of your mind is, is, as I go through this, just refocus on you all are owners in the success of this church and, and in the direction of this church. And it's, it's uh, you know, I'm not even speaking from the leadership's perspective, but in talking with the leadership, it's, it's their job to serve. They're servant leaders and they're, and they're listening to us and they're paying attention to us. Um, we'll just keep going here because, so, uh, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment and accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to, to all the others. And so, as you're looking through some of this stuff today and hearing it, think about that, right? What is your, what is your role in this church? And, and there's the, the last part of this scripture, I think, is the, is the best part of it, and I saved it for the end as we get through this. So um, let me get started with kind of just a quick overview, a reminder, really, to everyone of what our vision is and what the mission is of this church. Uh, and this is a lot of work that Kate and Dave and the, and the entire leadership have put together to kind of sit down and form this, this, this mission statement. And I, th- and I think it's great. It's really well organized. Uh, you know, our mission is to know him and to make him known. And, and that's where the gather, grow, go different uh, facets kind of came up. And uh, each of these things, you know, if you look at sort of where we started to where we're at today, each of these areas have, have grown. We've seen an expansion in ways that we gather and ways that we grow and in ways that we go. And then over here on the right is kind of all these other things that have kind of just sprung up as needs that our community has for this church. Uh, you know, different kinds of grief counseling, social activities, peer support, prayer groups, all these kinds of things. And it's been great to watch the members of the church be the seeds that have created this kind of growth and really this kind of need that we have to grow the church. Uh, so that's kind of like our current state, right? This is where we're at today. And, and I think that we've done a great job as a church of, of really sticking to the vision and growing in alignment with the vision. However, we know that it's never enough, right? I think 2020 has been a dumpster fire. <laughs> and uh, as a matter, I, I can't take credit for this. Someone came out with a t-shirt that had this logo on it like in March. And I'm like, man, they're going to make a lot of money off of that. That's a great, that's a great concept, right? Um, but to, you know, the, the church as a, as, a, as a part of this community is driven by the need of its people and the need of its uh, congregation and, and even needs, mostly needs of people that aren't even part of the church. As a matter of fact, we serve the community, right, as, as members of this church. And so as we look at, as we look at like just the increasing size of the, of, of the community and the increasing challenges we're having and just the, you know, 2020 being such a mess, the questions that come up are, you know, how do you, how do you scale, right? How do we provide ministry at, at a greater scale as, as we grow? Um, how fast do we want to get there? And ultimately, how do we get there, right? So that's kind of the way that I broke this down. And the main reason I'm standing up here today to, to explain this to you is 
you know, as, as Dave's been talking about tithing and, 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 and look, tithing is just one of many forms of giving. This isn't just about money, right? This is about how we, as, how we serve the church and how the church serves the community. But, um, you know, I, th- I said, you know, let's, let's give some transparency into how money, how resources are being used so that everyone can find it in their hearts to, to give that right amount, which, like Dave talked about today. I think it's hard for us to say, oh, you know, we'll throw this money or that much, you know, out there based on, you know, without really knowing where it's going, if, if you're like me. I love to know where it's going. And, and knowing where it's going has, if, has given me more faith that this is the right church to be in and this is, this is the right place to, to give in whatever fashion that means. So, you know, in order, as we talk about the specific things that need to happen in order for us to grow, um, you know, I said, hey, let's, let's take a look at our, at our vision and let's expand it a little bit. Uh, to know him and to make him known by growing awareness of our mission, driving engagement by our members, and generating advocacy within our community. And I feel like those th- are the three key areas that that we we can improve in. That we that those are kind of uh, the roots, uh, you know, that, that are growing uh, as as we continue to grow. And um, so I, I, I kind of took a look at that. I was like, you know, those are the three things that I think that if we can address these things, we're, we're going to see ourselves grow tremendously. And uh, you know, which is and it's going to be kind of this self-feeding kind of thing, right? The more that we grow, the more services we can provide to the community, on and on, and, and things just kind of end up taking its natural course. So if you look at kind of the, the, the various things that we're doing to, to get there, you know, you know, number one is just generating more awareness for new, move, new movers and even existing residents. I'm still surprised at the number of people, I mean, I kid you not, the number, there are people that, were, that run on Sunday morning and saw us every weekend out there, with the exception maybe the two or three that there was weather, and had no clue that we had a church. Still, even after seeing that, had no clue that we had a church in this in this community. Uh, so, you know, I, step one is let's make sure people know that we're here because I think a lot of people don't know that we're here, um, and a lot of people don't know the benefit of being here. You know, it's I, I personally always struggled with the large mega churches where I didn't feel that sense of community, um, and I love the fact that it's like I know. Every effort that me and my family are putting into this is going back to people that I love in our in our neighborhood and in our community, right? And I think that's that sets us. That just gives you so much more purpose. Now, that's my opinion. Some people don't feel that way, and that's fine. But that that for me is is it, it was kind of the reason that that this church has been such a great part of our lives, right? So, you know, we we want to we want to be able to to reach out to existing residents. Let them know that they're here. We want to be able to, to uh, put some new mover programs in place. As a matter of fact, uh, Erin's been um, she's she's been hanging out with some of the folks that are uh, at the new apartments in the front of the street, talking about capacity and 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 she's been mentioning the church to them and and just letting some of the younger folks know, hey, there's a church within strolling distance of of the apartment. I mean, no, that's that's just another benefit that the community has. Uh, that's a selling point that they didn't even know about, right? Uh, and on top of that, when, when you're looking at the number of new houses that are being built, the number of people that have moved into the neighborhood, the number of potential, uh, you know, the amount of space, right, that this, this new apartment complex is going to provide, you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new families here over the next six months. When is that apartment complex going to start? Was it February? Has there been any? They're starting to lease now? Yeah. Okay. So they're already starting to, to lease. This, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's coming. Um, 
So, that, so you know, not only are these things that we need to do, but they're things that we kind of need to act urgently on because now's, now's the time, right? I mean, there, there's a huge growth point that's coming. Second of all, and I'm excited about this, uh, is, is branding. And, and, you know, there was a lot of work that went into kind of creating the Gathering logo. And I've been like, hey, I'd love to have a, a hat or a shirt. I, you know, some of you have the, uh, the masks on with the Gathering logo. Uh, and we need to create a, a kind of an opportunity for everyone to be able to access that. So, you know, one of my, my other suggestions was let's put together a branded store. It's really easy to, I can handle all the, the heavy lifting. It's, it's not as, um, it's not as, as, as as difficult as it used to be, that's for sure. With all the tools and technology we have, this is something that's very achievable. And I think it's great to be able to have shirts, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff uh, that, 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 again, gets our brand out there and reminds people that, that we're here. Uh, number three, you know, uh, church and community advocacy events. This is, this is a tough one, obviously, with COVID, but I think that we have already proven that we can find a way to operate in a, in a healthy and, and safe manner because of the fact we're at the size that we're at. And that's one of the things that, is, that gives us kind of this advantage in, in, in being able to execute on this is that we're, we're at the right size. You know, we're not too big, we're not too small, we've got the right people. Um, and being able to kind of reach out to, to the community more and be more involved in events, and little things like, you know, I remember uh, a church that I was attending a while ago had, uh, I say a while ago, it was like 15, 20 years ago, um, they had a, they would do a, a, a pumpkin drop, right? So you would just pay 10 bucks or whatever, and they would come by with a big trailer of pumpkins by your house on a Sunday, and you can come get them. They, we did pumpkin patches, little things like that. Yeah, they generated a little bit of income, but the bigger thing was that it generated a relationship between the church and, and people that maybe aren't necessarily members of the church. They just know, hey, this is the place to go. These guys have the best pumpkins, right? <laughs> so... Um, so things like that, reaching out to the, to the community and understanding how we could be more involved in some of those kinds of things. And I know we have some neat things coming up for Christmas that I'm excited about. Uh, but it, any, any way that we can grow that is obviously going to give us more awareness. Number four, communication. Um, so Dave's brought this up before. We have our email newsletter. And uh, the it, throughout my career, one of the things I've worked on is, is digital marketing, and, and actually our statistics for engagement on the on the newsletter are actually really good, which is good. That means people are reading it, people are watching his video that he sends out there, uh, and and they're they're engaging with it, they're they're digesting the information, and so that that's good, and that's a great start. We're going to look at some other types of technologies, potentially an app, um, you know, more videos, things that we can do not only to communicate between you know Dave and 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 the pastor team to to us but also to communicate out to uh, the greater uh, audience. And then that also brings us into social media. You know, one of the things that, that you know, as we're starting to do more social media as a church, um, and, you know, I, I talked to Dave, I was like, let's start doing some hashtags every month or something like that. It, you know, even if we're not, uh, you don't have to share everything that the church does, but we can definitely tell based on the statistics that it's being viewed. People are seeing it, and, um, and so that's good. That means the content's good, and it's not meant to be an advertisement. It's meant to be a, a reminder of faith and hope and positivity and all those things that we need in the middle of the week to help us get to the end. Uh, giving. So uh, this is, I, I, obviously, we've talked about this a lot, and you know, it, I think it's great the way that the the capabilities that, that we have as a church to allow us to give is way above and beyond a lot of organizations I've, I've been able to work with or been a part of. Um, and I think really it comes down to, you know, how much, how much giving, right, makes sense 
for you, right, in your heart. And whether that's monetarily, if you're volunteering and all that kind of stuff, there's all these different ways to do it. But really the question is, what's the right way to give and, and how, right? Um, one of the things I, I am going to ask all of you to do, as, as your fellow member, this is not coming from the church, but this is coming from me personally, um, is go check out the recurring giving capabilities of the system. So if you go in and you either do the text or you go to the website, there's a way you can say, I want to give monthly. And I want to challenge all of you to give something monthly, I don't, even if it's a dollar. Like, do something to hold yourself accountable to being part of this church. It'll make you feel like you have more ownership. It'll make you feel like you're given to something that has a, a greater good. And you won't have to worry about it because you know that it's coming out the same way your mortgage and your car payment and everything else comes out. Make this one of those types of, of, of things and, and you know, find, find what makes sense to give in your heart. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm going to, Aaron's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I, I talked to my family about our Starbucks consumption and how there's an opportunity to give some of that to the church. So this is my way of holding us accountable to, to, to have less Starbucks, okay? Now, she didn't want, to make, she didn't want me to say that because she didn't want all of you guys to give her the stink eye when she walked in here with her grande latte, but she didn't have one in her hand today, so I went ahead and jumped on it. But seriously, though, I mean, in all fairness, it is amazing how much we waste and how much we, how much we spend. I, you know, we do this all the time. We're going through our personal finances. It's like, oh, we had a great month, and then we look back, and it's like, what? Like, the wheels fell off. What? Oh, yeah, we had, we had this doctor's thing happen, this medical thing, and then... Uh, Madison, we had her, her, her college classes were starting to pay for her. She's doing dual credit. And we had this for, for my son, this Oklahoma State. Brendan, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, right? So, I mean, coming from someone who has five kids, first of all, you'd never appreciate, a lot of people are like, wow, what's it like having five kids? You never appreciate how many shoes you can store in one house until you have a house of seven with five of them being females. It's, it, it, it's, it's amazing, right? These are the kinds of first world problems we deal with, but no, the, uh, the, the great thing I think about the way that, that I, as I've talked to other families and the way they're approaching, is, it's, is it really, is it a sacrifice? Probably not. You know, I mean, it's money that you're going to spend on something that you're not going to care about at some point, right? And putting yourself on and knowing, hey, every month X number of dollars, I'm just, just going to know that that's coming out and I'm going to give first. The same way that you pay your mortgage first. And if you, if you, you know, have watched any of the uh, Dave Ramsey series or the uh, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, those, those kinds. Of, they always say, what, pay yourself first, right? Pay, pay your savings first, um, and then you, you take care of your discretionary spending. And, you know, for us, and, and I think for, for a lot, based on the information, the data that we've seen um, from, from a collection standpoint, a lot of you are already doing that, and that's great. Um, but here's the key thing, right? The reason I say recurring giving, the the and I'll switch over to the business side for a second. One of the best things, I've, I've run a couple different kind of, of recurring revenue type of businesses, and one of the best things about, about that is it becomes very easy to financially forecast. As it stands today, it's very hard, and I'm going to talk here in a second on the milestones, right? What are the, what are the kind of the big growth areas that we're going to see out of the church? What are the things you guys are going to see are different about this church if we execute on this? Um, but it's, you know, it's difficult to... Um, it's 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 difficult to kind of forecast when all these things are going to happen because giving is is very much it's a spiritual thing and I totally understand that we're the same way, and you know I'm not going to maybe give the same amount every month for for, different, for various reasons and that's that's my prerogative but at the same time, the more that we have a bead on what giving looks like, the easier it is going to be for us to be able to forecast, and and be able to deliver on these milestones. I'm going to talk about in a second. So I encourage you to do the recurring giving. It's easy to plan. It's easy to set up. You don't have to deal with it anymore. And you kind of get to check the box and feel good about it. So 
All right, we're wrapping it up here, getting pretty close. So key milestones. If you look at the, the, the kind of different phases of, of growth that we're going to go through, and, and, and again, this is all very high level. You know, we can't really commit to anything until we understand what our financial trajectory looks like. But first of all, from what I've seen, the finances look great. And, and the, the Kate and team have done a really good job of, of making sure that we're spending judiciously and know where our money is going and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and because of that, we've been able to, to be financially secure, even through COVID, which is amazing. But if you look at the different phases here, you know, really phase one, the first thing is full-time head pastorship. The, the amazing thing is the church has gotten this big with no full-time pastor. And, uh, and, and poor Dave, I mean, like, he is, he's working his day job and then coming home, you know, getting up early in the morning, coming home at night, coming in on the weekends. He is, he is 24-7 on call. And, um, you know, I think, I think if, as you kind of think about in your heart what, what this church has done for you and what it may, you know, has done for your family, which I can tell you, some of the, there's times where I sit here and I'm like, I go up to Dave and I'm like, did I tell you that this thing happened? No, you didn't tell me. I'm like, well, how did you know that? Because you literally just brought up a solution to something that's been, you know, hurting our family for the last month. And he's like, oh, I don't know. God was just speaking through me. You know, I, I, it's, it's great how we walk out here every, you know, there's times where sometimes he just says something or one of the other people that are up here says something and it just clicks with you, right? And, and those are the times that I feel the most, that like this place is, is the most special to me. So we, we should have a full-time head pastor. We should have someone that's available, really available 24-7, not just doing it in a spare time, which he has none. So the reality is, is that he probably spends more time working on this, on this church than he does in his full-time job. Um, you know, number two is, is looking at kind of our volunteer committee structure. How do we grow our volunteer base? We've, we've got some volunteers that are helping out with the front. We've got folks that are helping out with community outreach. We have the youth. We have all these other things. Um, but I think the need is going to grow. You know, I, th I think that, that we're going to need more volunteers to help us engage with the community. It's, it shouldn't, you know, poor Kate is, is spending a lot of time just trying to keep, keep the, the back end of the church running that, uh, you know, we need to get more representation out there. And, uh, and again, I think part of that comes with once we hit a point where Dave is, uh, uh, you know, Dave is on full time, he can definitely be more involved in that. Um, you know, next, looking at a new facility, somewhere this, uh, that allows us to grow. And I think that we're going to see, we are going to see a, a two times, uh, 2x growth and member engagement in this first phase, which again, how fast or how slow we, it takes to get there is, is, it's so hard to tell, right? I mean, we don't know with COVID and politics and, and finances and all these other things what's going to happen. But I do know that when we get to this point where Dave is full time, financially, we're going to be a lot more serious about being able to get our own space. And, and because I think that the, 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 the volume of the number of people that we have visiting is going to grow and just our need to have a dedicated facility. Uh, the, every Sunday, um, Dave and, and, and whoever was helping him out this week were coming out here, loading everything up, driving down to the park, unloading it all, putting it all together. I mean, they spent hours and hours and hours every month just moving and assembling and unassembling this gear that you have up here. And, uh, you know, for us to be able to have our own place and, and be able to have our own place to practice, to have our own place to, uh, uh, you know, provide multiple services, whatever it might be, I think is going to be a huge benefit. So then we look at phase two. What does phase two looks like? Well, then we move into the new facility. Um, 
uh, we're able to, to broaden our services. We're able to provide more more services to the community beyond. And when I say services, I'm not talking about church service. I'm talking about the things that we can do. A a a sponsored youth group uh, with the school. A um, uh, you know that that. I know that we have some of that in, in works, but I think that that can turn into a huge, a huge growth opportunity for us. Uh, and just our ability to kind of be more present in the community as the gathering church, uh, I think that that kind of hits once we get into this next phase and we see kind of this 4X to 8X size growth, that's, uh, that's where we're able to do that. Um, so, what am I doing on time? Oh, I'm almost there. So why is this achievable? Uh, and this is this is the big thing I want to make sure that everybody knows is this is not a we are not that far away. As a matter of fact, the, and and I have only had a, a high level look from the outside of the finances, but it's one of those like for a cost of a cup of coffee a day per person kind of things. It, it really is that we could be at this level. Um, just because we do have a lot more members than what you see here. Uh, I think COVID has kind of let us. For, I, I I believe if COVID wasn't here, we would be having two services every Sunday. Um, because I think that we'd have that many people showing up. Uh, so, you know, the areas that we have, I think, sort of this, why, why are we going to win, and why is it that we're going to be able to make this work? Um, you know, the, the, the people that we have in this church are so giving, they're so loving, they're so amazing, this part of this community is just... Uh, is a huge part of the fuel. There's a ton of growth, as I spoke about, in the neighborhood. I, uh, you know, this neighborhood is just blowing up, and it still is. It's not going to slow down. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have uh, my wife and one of our best friends, Jessica, over here as, as realtors, and so we hear all the time about it's just, the market is just crazy. And, um, I, you know, it's, hopefully that's going to continue. It's geographically convenient, not only for us as a church to be able to serve our community, but also for the community to attend the church. There's, and that doesn't happen very often. Um, being able to have that be a two-way mutual benefit is, it makes this pretty special. The financials are in great shape. No debt, um, no, well, no, nothing that's that's going to pull us back, right? Uh, and and we've actually built up a little bit of of, of um, I call it some kind of nest egg savings. We're we're prepared in the event that you know there's another COVID, we can still keep running, and that's that's great. A lot. I mean, American Airlines couldn't even say that. That's it's pretty amazing that that we've been able to manage finances that well. And then, and then finally, our our ability to give, and and I and I think that again when we talk about giving. There's all the different ways that you can do it. There's going to be some new opportunities for volunteer roles, new volunteer uh, opportunities to be in different areas. I mean, we need some redundancy. We can't have Howard hobbling along on his on his one-legged skateboard over here helping with chairs. You know, we and 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 as a matter of fact, we had some folks show up to help do the chairs today that couldn't actually make it to the service because they had other things they had to do, and they still came out and helped. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of love that that the people in this room have, and the and the people on watching online have. So. To finish up, the rest of Romans 12. And this is the part when I read it, I was like, whoa, this, this was definitely meant for me, for this moment right here. <laughs> so when you, um, remember at the beginning of Romans, right, they're talking about how you, sh you should sacrifice yourself for God, and, and then there's kind of this question of, well, what does that mean? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So if you ask how can you help the church and how can you be involved in this next phase of growth, that's the playbook right there. Everything that we need is 
in that in those couple of verses. And um, so we are we are looking for leaders. We are looking for folks that can teach. We are looking for folks that can give. So I ask you, as our fellow members here, or, or visitors, whatever whatever phase you're in in your your journey with Viridian, uh, with the gathering. Sorry. Um, just spend some time this week thinking about what that means to you. What 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 areas can you give? What areas do you, do you feel like are your strengths that maybe and and this wasn't you know again me being up here this just happens to be something that I like doing is kind of evaluating businesses and figuring out how to how to get them from point A to point B. Uh, so this is actually fun for me, as crazy as that sounds. Um, yeah. And uh, so between that and playing the bass and, and all, the other, all the other fun things that I'm, I'm doing um, with the church, I can tell you personally that me and my family, we feel um, it's been a very hard year for us, as it has been for everyone. I'm not going to stand up here and, and, you know, try to play whose drama is worse than whose. But, you know, as you can imagine, in March, when your four teenage daughters have to go from being at school to being online, while me as a business owner is having to run a business and my wife as a business owner having to run a business, it was pure turmoil. Um, it took us a while. And it, was, and it was one of those challenges that I think made us grow stronger as a family. And uh, it, was just, it was great to see that Dave's message every week and just the, the, the rock of the church was still there along every step of the way to help us through. So that's what I have today. Um, we're going to wrap up since... I had to help Dave with preaching. He's going to help with singing. We're going to get to hear the, um, the sultry swooning of uh, Dave Butler leading us with the old school original version of Amazing Grace.